welcome back to Mad Yet Mighty. It's me. It's really, really me. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone. How are you? What's up? How's it been? How's it going? What, what, what day is it? Are you alive? Are you feeling okay? I should be asking myself. I do ask myself all these questions every single day. Oh my God, we're in quarantine, people. I know, I've, I, I know, I've missed the boat. We've been in quarantine for two months. I, <laughs> can you even, can you even believe what is going on right now? I mean, we are in a world that we never expected to be in. We, <laughs> yeah, so where have I been? What have I been doing? It's been it's been a minute since I've put a podcast out. I feel like it was time to put a podcast out. I was being I was being driven insane by my thoughts and my 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 voices in my head that telling me every single day to do it. But it's we've shit's heavy right now. Shit is heavy right now. Uh, I'm back at my apartment. I am back. I have spent it's been two months uh, since everything has started, since our pandemic has started. Back on back in March, I actually was going, I was on my best friend's bachelorette party when all of this started to really go down. It was, we were going no matter what. We had already had it planned forever, but it was like the, it was March 12th or March 13th, I believe. I don't know exact dates. Um, and my work was already telling people to move all their stuff to work from home. So then I don't think we were even mandated in Ohio, at least until like the 17th of March. I don't know why that date's standing out to me, but it was like the next following week. So when we're coming up on, it's going to be May 20th when this episode comes out, May, Wednesday, May 20th. And it's been two months. And there is a lot. There's a lot, Right. There's a lot happening. It's a lot of heavy stuff that's happening, which is causing a lot of heavy thoughts and a lot of heavy feelings. And I thought it was time to come on here and it was time to talk about it because it's the truth. And I've always been a believer of speaking my truth, no matter what it is, what it sounds like. And... I was ready to get back on the microphone. I was ready to get back in the jive. I'm back at my place now. I was actually, so for the last two months, I decided when I came home from Austin, Texas, which was an amazing trip, but also bizarre at the same time, because it was when things were still like open, but we're, we were getting wind of like, okay, we're starting to hear that things are going to be shut down, but aren't shut down. So it was just a lot of hearsay. He said, she said, and when you're in a different state, it's nutty. So you're getting messages from people's families back in your state and you're like trying to enjoy yourself. And then we came home from this trip and it was just like, boom, it was, it was lights out. Everything flipped 180. And I decided because looking back on that time, it was such a weird, frantic, nutty time. And it, and it felt frantic and I felt frantic. And I remember coming home and being someone who is single and lives alone and battles and struggles with mental illness. It's not something that like I'm, I'm fully functioning. It's 
part of my life, but it, but it is part of my life. And it is something that I immediately started to think of. And I was like, you know what? I'm scared. I'm scared for what isolation might do to me. Um, we had just gotten out of, you know, seasonal depression era. And as much as I am a fully functioning human being around people, you would never know. It's taking every little engine and every little motor inside of me to be that way. So, and and that's okay. That's just that's just how it works. And I understand other people f- understand that and feel that way. And that's just how we are, right? That's how we function. That's how we 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 be and we go with it. But I am self aware enough to know that I was like, look, I'm going to be isolated for a, who knows how long. And the thought of that, and the thought of being cooped up, and the thought of already just the thought of then being even more alone on top of like how I'm already experiencing and feeling alone. It was just a lot to handle and take in. And I was like, you know what? Why not? I'm, I, I can work. Thank God I have a job that allows me to work remotely and who is for their people and takes everyone home. But so I basically packed everything up and for two months have been living out with my, with my parents who, and my two brothers and, It's been just like two months of waking up and just making sure that you're doing the things you need to do to get by. Like, let's be real. I'm not going to come on here and it's like, hi, did you miss this? Did you just miss? Just boom. You just jump back in. Um, I thought it was really important for myself and I was think it's really important to continue the conversation that I want to always continue and make no mistake, it has not been a thriving situation. And I feel like there's people out there that need to hear that if you have, if you've been surviving and like, if you've been surviving and not thriving, you were not alone. And if you've been surviving and not thriving, you were not weak. And I think, I mean, I can get into all of the, it. Like, I just feel like there is so much happening right now that like, even that's happening with me and that's happening with everyone else. Like it's a very heavy time and it's causing very heavy thoughts and very heavy feelings for every single person in America. And I want everyone in, in America, in the world. And when we project and this is getting a little, you know, intrinsical and like meta and whatever. Just bear with me. Hang on for a moment. When we're all projecting these feelings, and, and, and this is exactly how it needs to be right now because we're all trying to figure out how the hell to even just manage days. And there are some, there are some that are doing really well in this time. And you know what? Good for you. But I think everyone has a slight breaking point. And when the world is just not the same and our days are just not the same, routines have been broken, plans have been canceled or changed or pushed back. Um, Hope has been, I feel like there's a lot of hopelessness and that's what uncertainty brings. And unfortunately, we're looking kind of at a timeline here that's a little bit uncertain. And as as much as they're starting to open up parts of the U.S. back up, I I have friends out in California who and they've shut down for another three months. Ohio's opening back up. Um, 
it's just it's weird and I wish there was a better way it has just flipped everything for everyone it's a complete 180 it has we are we have been stripped of everything we know and everything we rely on which is good and bad but we have been stripped of distraction we've been stripped of routine and as somebody who functions highly on a routine um, to 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 pack up and go live for somewhere for two months, which is yeah, family, but it's not it's not my home. And to try to get into a full to a functioning routine where you're trying to live in this scary pandemic in this uncertain time, but then also trying to act and like function at work like everything's okay, it's weird. And when you're spending all day on Zoom, and I this is only from my perspective of somebody who's been working, which. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to diminish, I'm not going to diminish myself. I know there are other people who are lost their jobs and don't, are not working or furloughed or whatever. I mean, it, it doesn't, everyone is going through something right now and I can only speak to my experience. And so for, you know, two months, I just tried to, I just tried to keep things super, super simple. And am I wake? Cause honestly going through what I've gone through with depression and anxiety, I, I kind of know now what I need to do. And I feel like I'm comparing this to that because that's what it feels like. You feel like you, I'm trying to, th- trying to explain this for people who might not understand and I know that there's a lot of people who do understand at the same time but I wanted to get in a routine where I was going to be you know it 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 gave me purpose and it gave me a cause to get up and do the things that I needed to do and do them successfully and pat myself on the back and but I wanted to keep it really 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 easy at the beginning of this quarantine and as long as I was getting up if I was doing my work or, you know, it's probably not going to be a hundred percent of me right now and that's okay. And you know what? That's okay. If you're working from home, if you're trying, this is, I saw something on Instagram and I, and I don't remember how it was worded, but it was worded beautifully. It was like, you're not like just working from home. You're working from home during a global pandemic. And whether or not you want to believe what you want to believe about it or how severe you think it is or it doesn't matter what it is but it's completely derailed what we know what we knew life to be so regardless of how you feel about it it's changed it's changed you probably a little bit it's changed me and it's been really hard to experience that internal change when i was coming off of a ramp of you know really doing well with like focusing on myself and focusing on me and my health and not that that's gone by the wayside but man I mean talk about a mental struggle that I think a lot of people are facing right now and I just think it's a very important thing to keep in mind that this is not a normal situation that we're in. This is not a normal day-to-day life. And there are things that might be nice about it, but to me, I think those things can also be destructive. Like, I think for certain people, I think working from home day-to-day can be 
destructive. I, I, I think, and for some people it's good and everyone's dealing with this time differently. And I think it's very important to just reiterate, reiterate, reiterate. I don't really know how I felt the last two months, to be completely honest. I'm trying, I've been trying to like put an emotion on it so I can convey it properly to, but I don't know how I've been feeling the last two months. I, I don't know if I've felt joy the last couple of months. I mean, so grateful to have spent time with my family and be, um, it almost kind of felt like a retreat at first. You know, I was something that's so vital to my, to my mental health is, is, is just moving my body. And I've, and I've learned after years and years and years and years of trying and trying and failing that it's, it's the only thing that really is going to just help me. If that's the only thing I'm doing for myself at the end of the day, then that's the only thing I'm doing, you know? And I, and I told myself that a long time ago and I made that promise to myself and me knowing myself and going into this completely mental mind fuck of a time that we're in, I knew I was going to have to cling to physical activity, even if it sucked. And even if I was exhausted and didn't want to do it, which actually starting out, it's luckily I had just like this gumption of like, I was going to studio class. I I just was like on cloud nine before coming into this. So it, it set me up pretty well, but I'm telling you what, it's, it's one of the only things that has kept me going. Um, you know, something else too that I think is like something we should pat ourselves on the back. If you're showering and if you're eating, I think that's great because for people or for anyone who is experiencing, because, because, you know, mental health might be something you're born with, or it, it is also something that we go through phases and in and out of phases. And there's some people who don't live there all the time. And there's some people who are always going to be battling the battle every single day. And you learn coping mechanisms and, you know, you either get on medication or therapy or some, whatever it is, whatever prescription it is that works for you, works for you. But long story short, eating and showering can sometimes be a mountain to climb. A mountain. So if you're doing that right now, kudos to you. Pat yourself on the back. We are surviving right now. We are not ourselves right now. We are hypersensitive right now. We're feeling everything right now. I know I am. And I'm not going to lie. You know, my thoughts have been pretty pretty, pretty dark. But I also know somewhere deep, deep past all the kind of like despair and kind of hopefulness, I think a lot of people are feeling right now that this isn't forever. And as much as we can say this isn't forever and try to try to stay positive, Went day to day, hour to hour, in a period of time that just feels like limbo, it just feels like limbo. And that's why all the people who go into limbo in movies go insane. Because you just feel like you're suspended in time. There is no time. Quite frankly, that's why I grasp to program television because 
if I have a mile marker in my week or a mile marker in my day, I'm like, holy shit, okay, I got, you know, it just, for some, and I've always said this, and I will always say this, but like, I don't even care how shitty the show is, if it's American Idol, if it's Survivor, if it's any kind of branch off of The Bachelor, you bet your ass I'm watching it because I love a timestamp and I love program television, and that's also been very big for me um, right now, but you know, we're doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can. And we're feeling things immensely right now and trying to figure out how to deal with it. And then also, which I think is really weird and really strange is, you know, when we are seeing people that we haven't seen in months and we are trying to go about our lives normally when we see friends and family. But I think what's also detrimental is that like things aren't normal right now so conversation and is even strange and how do you navigate trying to be authentic and trying to be and trying to be how you feel or how you think you should be with someone when really inside you're just like oh my god if somebody asked me what I'm doing what I've been up to one more time I'm gonna Teresa Judice flip this table on you and I know that's just social graces, but I know that that's like a thought that I have and a thought that I'm just like, oh my God, like it's even exhausting to try to think of something to like say to that, you know, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. And as much as times have been exhausting, like I'm still standing, I still, we're still standing and we're still going to stand and we're still going to wake up and we're still going to do it. And we're going to look towards small victories. We're going to look at small victories instead of, you know, trips that were planned and weddings that were planned and, um, you know, projects maybe that were planned or trips that were planned. Those are gone. Concerts, festivals. I mean, just things that people, that pieces of joy that fill people's lives are, have been taken And I think we've been living in a very no, 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 you can't go here. No, you can't go there. No, you can't leave your house. And we're doing this to make everyone safe. And we're doing this to come out on the other side. But that kind of mentality, I think, starts to rub off on maybe our everyday mentality, on our mind mentality. This quarantine is a freaking mental game. It is not a physical game. I mean, yes, that does help, but it is a mental game. And we have to stay mentally strong, however we can do that, however is going to be best. I think getting outside is important. I think moving the body is important. I think stepping away from screens is vitally important. I've struggled with that. Um, We've, you know, we've gained more time to scroll. And as much as I love a good scroll, I also truly wholeheartedly believe that a scroll and an uncontrolled scroll is destructive. I'm a, I, I will say it and I don't care who that makes me or what that makes me sound like, but I think a scroll, an uncontrollable scroll is destructive. And I mean, we, and, and, and we do them and they're fun and they're great and we get our quick hits and, you know, we feel like we're on top of the world and it feels good and it feels good. And then what? So, I know my screen time probably has gone up 
during this time. And I, I think it's time to kind of maybe back down a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm just kind of talking out my ass right now, but I, I just wanted to come clean and wanted to talk because this has always been some place where that is allowed and that is willing and that is free. And I want to keep that, that I, and I want to keep it that way. So, um, we're not weak. We're not weak. And I'm pretty much the, the, I'm going to fuck this saying up. I'm the cat calling the kettle black. Is that the saying? I hope I said that one right. Cause I'm love to love to mess it up a time or two. But, um, I mean, my thoughts haven't been very positive to myself these last two months. Um, a lot of can'ts, a lot of don'ts, a lot of, and, um, you know, that's, that's going to happen and we have to just correct them. I have to correct them and we're going to come out of this, but it's, like I said, it's going to be a mental battle and we'll just keep going on and we'll keep doing what we need to do, whatever the hell that means. But I, it's okay to feel fucking drained and it's okay and stop stop looking and comparing my god this has been just a time of comparison quarantine has been a time of comparison and look at what I'm doing and look at what we're doing and I know that people are doing things to make themselves feel better but then it's it's just like this it's just like this monster it's this fed monster of everyone just trying to feel better and trying to feel good and um and we'll come out of it and things will rebalance themselves back out. But like, I feel like even saying don't compare, I feel like if somebody said that to me, it's like, okay, I don't like, it's just like, it's like programmed in us. I feel like a little bit just, just, ugh, man. And I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. And we can't, we can't do it. We can't do it. So just, make sure you're taking care of yourself. And I also think that's because some people are like, what does that mean to take care of myself? And I think what it means to take care of yourself is just be nice to yourself right now. Be so nice to yourself. And just if you find yourself like laying on the couch and you're having a stream of thought that's like, you shouldn't be doing this right now. You should be doing this or you should be doing this. Just out loud yell, stop. I have to do that sometimes. I was washing my dishes this morning and I literally looked up and I was like, stop. I have to do it all the time. I have to literally yell out loud all the time, stop, to get myself to stop thinking because I am a chronic addict thinker. So let's practice that. Let's practice that this week, shall we? Okay. Let's get, let's, let's peeve a little bit. I wanted, I wanted to connect. I wanted to ground. I wanted to talk about the heavy stuff. And I know that maybe coming in heavy, but whatever, I, I wanted to go there. I wanted to share. I wanted to live there for a little bit, but we can kind of bounce around and we can be playful and talk about some other fun stuff right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I've been living underneath a rock and as we've all not, I've been living underneath a rock, but I mean, this is past and done and we've all watched Tiger King and we've all experienced the love of Tiger King at the beginning of quarantine to thank God for that. It was like a gift. It was a gift from the higher beings that we had that starting out quarantine because I think that was just like 
that was just a way to just bring everyone together, keep everyone on the same page. Um, <laughs> but it was, there's nothing I love more than a nutty documentary and a nutty documentary that just dives in. I've kind of found myself recently enjoying like nonfiction and just, I'm kind of, it depends though. I, I, I just have been loving real stuff and like, especially that, which is just real nutty. It's so nutty. It's so crazy that there are people like that behaving like that, living like that, doing things like that. But it is so amazing at the same time. But what I'm getting at is so ever since Tiger King launched, so we've had a lot of Tiger King chit chat, right? There's been a lot of murmur on the street of people going to be creating miniseries and there's been names thrown out for parts. So there's a couple different projects going on that I'd like to touch on and kind of get some clarity to. So even before Tiger King even graced our presence on Netflix, Kate McKinnon was actually in works to executive produce a limited series based on the podcast Joe Exotic and she is going to be playing Carol Baskin the flower the flower crown psychopath that's dead behind her eyes um who actually the real Carol Baskin which this is really funny Carol Baskin was pranked by YouTubers recently they They claimed to be the producers from The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and they were communicating with her through email and like we're going to set like we're going to set up a Zoom and they had like previous bits of Jimmy asking questions and it was just like this really shoddy but but she did it. She finally Carol came on and they had this whole interview through Zoom and it was it was an entire prank. So God love her. But I think at the end, she had a really good she had a really good sense of humor about it and claimed that she knew that something was going on, that something was going on the entire time. But Carol, we all know you had no fucking clue what was going on the entire time. So, yes, Kate McKinnon is set to star and executive produce in a limited series based on the podcast Joe Exotic. Now, this is a completely separate project from another big announcement that's been made recently. So we just found out that. Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage, is going to be set to playing Joe, Joe Exotic, in a scripted series by Netflix. So different projects, but so Nick Cage is going to be playing Joe Exotic in a scripted series on Netflix that was actually by the same makers of American Vandal, which if anyone watched American Vandal on Netflix, it's like a mockumentary style show. There's two seasons. So this is actually going to be like a mockumentary true crime documentary, if that even makes sense at all. So think The Office and then think like if they were going to do a true crime. So I'm going to give, I'm, I'm going to say it. So there was a lot of people rumored. I know Dax Shepard was somebody who was very vocal about it. David Spade's been vocal. There's been a lot of, I mean, people have coming out of the woodwork. Rob Lowe dressed up and him and Ryan Murphy were even talking or have rumored saying that they had something in works for the Tiger King. Um, but so we definitely know that Nicolas Cage is, is set to play. And then actually it was just recently rumored. And if this is true, I hope to God it's not true that Tara Reed. And now just because there's, I mean, I'm somebody who's always like where there's smoke, there's fire. But like when we're talking about parts being rumored to play more than likely, like some of the, most of the time it's, it's just that it's just rumors. So Tara Reed was rumored to be talking about playing Carol Baskin in this same Nick Cage project 
which would be awful and terrible. Let's just put something out in the universe right now. Tara Reid is quite literally one of the worst. I mean, yes, she was in one of the biggest movies of all time, American Pie. She is one of the worst actresses that I have ever faced. And she's merely gotten her. And and this is, I'm... I don't even feel bad saying this. I had this thought and then I immediately corrected myself and I was like, PC, PC, Megan, be kind. But I was like, the only reason she's gotten the way she's gotten is because she looks like she, when it was like in and cool to like look like a porn star and be in Holly, like that kind of phase, like the Pam Anderson phase, the Tara Reid phase, like the rock hard fake tits, platinum blonde hair phase. Tara Reid is not good. Tara Reid has never made a piece of art that has moved me And some people would argue that Sharknado was moving. And as somebody who is a shark connoisseur and a shark movie connoisseur and who loves a quality B, C, D, and probably F shark movie, they just, they just did not tickle my fancy. So I hope that's not true. But so yes, two separate projects happening. Um, so Nicolas Cage is absolutely batshit crazy, right? So he's, him and Jim Carrey are best friends, and I love Jim Carrey, and I'm sure Nick Cage is brilliant too, but he's absolutely insane. And I, when I, like, researched, I, I kind of went through this phase where I, like, researched, was researching Jim Carrey, and I don't know how Nick Cage, there was something else that came about him, but he's just, like, he's always kind of doing nutty shit too. So he doesn't own tigers, but he definitely owns an octopus and two king cobras. I can't even imagine what owning an octopus is like, but it's something quite spectacular. I mean, you don't just own an octopus. I'm so scared of octopus. I think they're one of the creepiest creatures on the face of the earth. I, when I was little, I, cause I used to watch a lot of like marine. I just, I, I like to intake a lot of mer- like marine shows and marine content. I just, I always just had this fear about squid and and octopus and I think it's probably because open water is like one of my actual biggest like fears that aren't something like internal or have to do with like me as a person but something that's like out there I I a lot of things don't really scare me like I'm not afraid of heights I'm not afraid of spiders I am I am so disgusted by like the thought of like a snake or like I don't even want to be near them or the smell of them I have like this smell made up in my mind of what like their skin smells like I I I can't even talk about it it's like the weirdest thing that sends like shivers down my spine um but at the same time like I'll induce panic and like watch a snake show and then just like cover my eyes through the entire thing and I like once again don't know why I do it but I think I like I think I like the adrenaline and I think I like I and I also just love watching creepy, weird animal stuff. So that's that's that too. Um, but yeah, two king cobras and an octopus. So, you know, he's kind of up there. But um, he's nutty. He's super method, probably. Think so. So, um, and it's, you know, like, it's not like he's like the greatest of all time. But I think when given the right part and when put in the right mindset, I mean, Joe Exotic is totally like erotic and not erotic Jesus erratic erratic there we go two totally different words that are very close together he's erratic and just nutty and that's how Nick Cage that's how Nick I call him Nick Cage go him Nick Cage but like I'm not calling him that to be cool like what I know like Nick Cage is like what I think they kind of refer to as like nutty Nick Cage like there's Nicolas Cage the actor and then there's like Nick Cage the street man who will be seen in like weird outfits doing weird shit so I'm calling him that to refer to kind of like Joe Exotic like it's the same thing Joe Exotic is Nick Cage so I honestly think it's going to be pretty amazing now who knows 
Production's completely shut down in California. The in- the entertainment industry is is severely hurting and is is closed and is as of now is going to be nothing is going to be back up until September. So there's a lot of things that I, entertainment wise, I'm not really sure what's going to happen over the next couple of months. I think we're going to have a lot of shows that have been like filmed during quarantine, self-filming. We've already seen, I've seen that come out on Lifetime, freaking 90 Day Fiance and other bullshit my life quarantined. But, um, so I, that's, that's the tea and that's the buzz on that. And hopefully there's more to come out soon. Um, something else that got released that's really quite a shame is, all the shit about Ellen DeGeneres. Isn't that like the most heartbreaking thing? And now everyone's like, well, you know, people are just, they like get on their, they get on their hate trains. And I, I get that. And I get people get on hate trains and I've read and I've gone and I've read like the, I've read the Twitter feed that was put out about like bad experiences with Ellen DeGeneres. I've read the accounts of the people who've talked about it. And I know that once people get like the ball rolling and you hear one negative thing, then all these other negative things come out. But there's a lot of really neurotic, not, not neurotic, but just very peculiar and very cold behavior. Now, I'm not saying that Ellen is a bad, horrible person. I think the stories and the firsthand accounts of people that have been in her presence are, are are strange. I also started to watch her new, like, I finished her new stand-up special on Netflix. And I remember feeling, while I was watching it, so... Like, I had used to think her humor was funny and her jokes was funny because it was all kind of really demeaning. And it was like, oh, well, <laughs> like, I have, like, I have, I have servant. Like, she literally talked like she is, like, how... Just very weird stuff, but people would, you know, it was funny. And then I kind of, I watched her latest Netflix special and I was like, I don't know. Like, I didn't really, it it seemed a little tone deaf to me. It seemed a little odd. It was like, okay, cool. You're great. You're rich. Like, you're rich and you're funny. It was like, everything was stemmed around her being like rich. And everyone in entertain, like everyone who performs has a character that they get into that is stemmed from their self and that is themselves. But it's, but it's also like, there is also a performing element to it with everyone. So no matter who you are, if you're an actress or if you're a stand-up comedian, it's, it has a lot of times to do with live performers. When, when, when a live performer steps on stage, they become, they are themselves, but they are themselves like just magnified. So it is a character. So when you're meeting somebody in person, and that's what happens a lot of times with these people that are in the entertainment industry, just because their job is to entertain doesn't mean that their job is to entertain you when they're not entertaining. So that's the part that I want to actually bring to the surface is because Ellen's job, you know, she does a lot of good. She she She's done a lot of great things, has received a lot of prestigious awards. That doesn't mean that Ellen every fucking waking minute needs to be, you know, the saint, like the saintly God to you. She's a human. She's a person. She's feeling things. She's going through things. So if I'm going to play the contrarian and play the middle person, like that's the only thing I'm going to say. But I will, I will admit that the stories that you read about her, they're cold and they're weird and they just seem like why? And the fact that her crew has not heard any, you know, cast and crew has not heard anything about employment or, or how anything I that's that's odd um so that was a little that was a little bummer and I know people there's people get on witch hunts and I feel like there's maybe I feel like there's maybe there's there's truth but 
I don't know. At the end of the day, people are human. And I, I guess I just, that's, that's a toughie. That's a toughie for me. There was another toughie that came out, which I actually watched this footage and felt my blood boil and actually wanted to punch the piece of shit through my screen. And who I'm actually talking about is our beloved Christmas crooner, Michael Buble. So it came out that there were these Instagram live videos of Michael Buble and his wife. And um, people were just so upset about them because he, they were like, he seems insane. He seems controlling. He seems aggressive. He seems scary. So I was like, what is going on? And like, there's been some like odd things and kind of some sad things happened with Michael Buble in the past. So I was like, you know what? Of course I'm going to click the link and I'm going to read because like, that's what I do. You know, Diane Sawyer at her best. So I dove in a little bit and started to watch these videos and I was instantly sick to my stomach. It was so, for instance, there was one where he was waiting on his wife and she was a couple of minutes late. Um, she was, she was baking bread or whatever. And he was visibly so upset and so angry at her while he was Instagramming live that he like couldn't even contain himself. He was like getting angry and he like was like showing signs of like discomfort and like just irritation to the point. And then he like kept talking bad about her in like a really weird feeling way. And then after she like came on, it was like this happy go lucky. He like would look at her and he looked so disgusted at her. And then like would just, it it's, it's alarming and there's actually one video that has been like since taken I, it took me really long time to find it again but there was a couple of them um and of course they've released a statement like oh like how dare the people are just bored and looking for anything to do these days i'm like no people are concerned because your husband looks like a psychopath on instagram live you batshit dumb bitch okay that's mean <laughs> i should probably take that <laughs> no edits um i just can't i just I, I have a really hard time. I try to be, I try to practice empathy, but I have a really hard time when I just, I, you can't because those people are trapped in really shitty relationships and whatever. I just came full circle and had talked to myself down. But yeah, so that came out about Michael Buble, another really weird, bizarre thing. And I'm like, okay, like, will I still listen to your music? I don't know. I don't know because like that's how disgusted I was by him when I watched those videos. So if you want to take a look for yourself, you probably should. I... I feel like this is just like ring on like, but whatever, this has just been what's in the news. And I feel like maybe a little bit's been a little bit negative, but this is, this is unfortunately the headlines and this is a really sad headline, but Jerry Stiller passed away and Jerry Stiller was Ben Stiller's dad. He passed away of natural causes. He was on Seinfeld and he was on King of Queens. Also was like a stand-up comedian. Those were the things that he's most known for. And the man was hilarious and he had one of the best bits on King of Queens being addicted to nasal spray. And I just relate to him on so many spiritual levels. And God, it's just amazing comedic timing. Another um, great Fred Willard, who Fred Willard actually had a cameo on like all of the Bachelor seasons. He would like come in and be an announcer. He was on uh, currently on Modern Family. So RIP to both of those comedy greats. I feel like comedians and live performers are just such a vital piece of keeping human connection alive and human stories alive and I just I I definitely feel like I need to pour one out or for both as I'm sitting here with my wine um 
but wanted to give them a little homage because I greatly appreciated many things that I watched from them. They made me feel ways. They made me feel joy. And that was their gift to a lot of people. And thank God for that, right? So what the hell have I been watching and what the hell have I been doing? Well, I'll tell you what. I watched literally every single Star Wars um, there are 12 Star Wars movies. I watched all of them. I had seen a couple of them in theaters, but I went back and watched all of them in release date order, not chronologically release date order. Because you got to go by, you got to go by, there was three separate, um, you could call them, there was three trilogy, <laughs> three trilogies essentially. And then there were some additional movies. There was um, Solo and then there was... I'm not, I'm not even going to round off the name, the other one that, but that had nothing to do with the story, but it was part of Star Wars, whatever this part of, and that was, I mean, that was something that I felt like I needed to do. I feel like I needed to watch everything in order and they, they are so great. They are so nostalgic. They are so, they are so predictable, but you know what? Um, and honestly, I think some of my favorites are probably some of people's least favorites. And I think that that's just how that goes. There is a couple of Star Wars movies that it was like the second franchise with Hayden Christensen and um, Liam Nielsen and um, Ewan, Ewan McGregor that were not liked as much. So that's I, I watched all of those. That's that was a treat. Um, I also watched the entire Marvel Universe and by the entire Marvel Universe, I mean all 23 movies. And I once again had seen my Iron Mans. I had seen my Avengers and then I pretty much kind of just like poo-pooed all the others and just didn't see them in theaters. Um, saw Black Panther prior to doing this, but I, I started, uh, we, we started, my family, my brothers and my um, myself and my dad, we were going to watch all in order of how things actually happened in the universe. Um, crazy. Absolutely insane. 23 movies. There is so much, there's so much there. I mean, that is an entire world itself. Um, there was a couple that I had not seen, like I said, prior. Loved Doctor Strange with Benedict Cumberbatch. Absolutely loved it. Didn't see it in theaters and kind of like, don't know why I like didn't want to. I'm really sad that I didn't, but um all about, of course, I love that. All about sorcery. Uh, man, I really liked the Cap. I really, really, really liked Captain America. And for a while, I didn't want to watch Captain America because he seemed boring to me. And I didn't like that he he didn't really have any kind of like supernatural element, so to speak. But um, his story was great. And he has, I think, some of the best movies of the franchise. Uh, Civil War was insane. Winter Soldier was crazy. Winter Soldier is arguably probably one of the most favorites. Um Thor was amazing. All three movies, extremely different. Ragnarok was great. Um, really, I think Thor brought a lot of the comedy, a lot of the humor. I really enjoyed the kind of um, Prince Charming, um, so to speak, kind of uh, funniness about it. Like Prince Charming just thinks all these great things about himself and then like is also kind of dumb, even though Thor's like extremely strong and like a god. It just had this kind of funny complex to it. So I really, really enjoyed that. Um, a show that I binged at the beginning of quarantine that I'm absolutely obsessed with and that I cannot wait for season two because it does have that supernatural element is um, I'm not okay with this. It's their season one on Netflix. It's a 30 minute episode that you're going to be watching and it revolves around uh, Sydney Novak who has like these anger management issues and she just recently is experiencing the passing of her father. He um, 
has committed suicide and she has realized that there's something going on with her when she's experiencing high levels of anger and high levels of just emotion or sadness or just these intense feelings she has these telekinetic outbursts which is just being able to control things with your mind really great show it's um it's two of the leads from actually the new remakes of it so um that was really cool to see them back in back in a really kind of like I liked the feel of it it's a little dingy it feels a little um it feels a little indie the show so that draw obviously draws me in and um it takes a lot it takes a lot really I I really have to be enthralled in the world the world has to completely take me in so this show did it for me really loved it was announced that there's going to be a season two so can't wait probably going to be 2021 who knows at this rate since filming is halted on absolutely everything um, another show that absolutely captivated me and I could not wait to watch this had been following it um, Ryan Murphy executive produced with Ian Brenner on Netflix Hollywood which is Netflix's new drama and Hollywood takes place in this like post-World War II world and we're following all of these aspiring actors and filmmakers who will do like absolutely anything to make it on the business if you know what I mean um, and it really gives us this beautiful picture and showing us if um, diversity and if inclusion would have happened in this time period, what, what, what it would have looked like. Um, an absolutely amazing show. Loved it. It completely took me in, made me feel warm because it's all I want to be and all I, where I want to be. And just Hollywood is just such this, this grandiose feeling to me. And watching these characters, which come to find out the entire, there are so many real aspects and real actual people in this show. Um, so nothing that's really going to be spoiler. I'm not going to talk about really storyline, but I am going to talk about people and I am going to talk about history a little bit because I think it was absolutely fascinating when I was doing my um, nerd research to find out that a lot of these characters were based off of real people, um, real things, real events, and which absolutely love and don't expect anything different from Ryan, Ryan Murphy. He has a tendency to, um, even in like American Horror Story, we see, you know, we're pulling from an um, American true crime story, pulling from real events. So let's start off with one of our main characters. Once again, not going to get too into it for people who haven't seen it, but I feel like in this, in this current time, if people are watching things more obscenely fast so um dylan mcdermott who is one of ryan murphy's actors in his troupe you could so to speak he's been he was in the first season of american horror story he was the dad he's been in a bunch of other stuff but he plays ernie and he runs a gas station that does more than just pump your gas if you know what i'm saying and it was actually based off of a real person scotty bowers who did the same thing and ran a gas station that did a little bit did a little bit more than uh than uh you know put the old put the old gas in the old tank there <laughs> so um real person real story had a lot of real relationships um with uh movers and shakers in Hollywood Rock Hudson who is one of our main characters he's a real actor he was a real actor who um had a 40 year long career in the industry who came out um came out and lived as a lived as a one of probably a prominent um, gay actor of the time. So he was, he was based off of a real, he was based off of a real person. Um, Rock Hudson's 
agent, Henry Wilson, who was portrayed by Jim Parsons, who was absolutely slimy and disgusting and fantastic at the same time, was a real person, was a real Hollywood agent who, um, as they, so to speak, was a casting couch agent who did the exact same thing that we saw in the film, that he slept with a lot of his clients inappropriately and was this really destructive, dark man. Um, he kind of became known for like creating like the beefcake movement, which was all of these really muscly, um, muscly looking actors of that time. Super, super fascinating. Um, and then obviously his life just was overtaken by booze, drugs, and demons. Um, so he died like completely in poverty, but apparently like Rock Hudson was still sending him money close to up to his death, but really sad. But once again, insane when we are actually watching like real people, which I don't think a lot of people um, realized while watching. So Camille Washington, who was one of um, who was one of the female leads, one of the women of color leads in Hollywood, um, not a real person in real life, however, was portrayed and kind of pulled from a couple of different women. Um, one of the main women was Dorothy Dandridge, who was the first African-American to be nominated for Best Actress. Um, she actually lost, I lost that year to, was it Loretta, Loretta Lynn or was it someone else? Anyways, but um, so pulling from real, pulling from real people in that time. So the entire, the entire plot that we're seeing is we're watching them make this movie. We're making, watching this movie that was called Peg, but then they turn called Meg, um, about a Hollywood actress named Peg Enthwistle who moves to Hollywood and is, becomes overtaken by the just, the dark side of what can happen to a struggling artist in Hollywood and struggling actress and jumped from the Hollywood sign and committed suicide. And it's actually a true story and a true person. So that movie that they're making in Hollywood is based off of true events. Actually, once again, fascinating. Boing. That, that, that is like once learning this after I'm like, Oh my God. That would have been so cool if I would have known that all this. Anyways, um, so Archie Coleman, who is our character, um, who wrote Peg, he in the movie is, we know that it's, okay, okay, spoiler, but I promise it's not going to be, <laughs> you can fast forward if you want, Um we're seeing that he was like the first African-American to win an Oscar for screenwriter, which we know is not true because it was actually Jordan Peele to win in the 2018 Oscars for Get Out. So that was like a little piece, but still based on um, based on real people. Hattie McDaniel was played by Queen Latifah in the show which Hattie McDaniel is a real live woman she was the first woman of color to win an Oscar for best supporting actress for playing Mammy and Gone with the Wind and her entire monologue and her entire story is absolutely true um which just to kind of go on to kind of give a little bit more of like a a, a read off of just how much we just lack and how much the lack of diversity over the years in the Oscars. So Whoopi Goldberg then followed her to be the second African-American to win Best Supporting Actress for Ghost in 1991. To then be followed by Halle Berry, who was the first woman of color 
to win Best Actress in 2001. 2001. Um, super, super, it's just hell yeah to those women. Um, yeah, one, one other piece, one other piece uh, that's kind of mentioned a little bit. Um, in the movie is a little Easter egg that was dropped is that somewhere apparently um, somewhere over the rainbow was supposed to be cut from Wizard of Oz because they felt that it was just dragging and it was lagging and it, it wasn't a great way to start the movie. Um, so that was also a little Easter egg that was dropped in there. So I absolutely loved learning that about that show and just made it even more kind of it felt it just was cool to learn that a lot of what we were seeing was actually what was what was going on minus the diversity and inclusively in inclusivity that's even the word at the 20th oscars which did not turn out the way that it did turn out in hollywood sorry to say um watched waco in one in one day it was a rainy day it was probably the worst day to watch waco but i did um starring taylor kitsch who's been in savages who's been in true detective um who played tim riggins in friday night lights it was amazing it was insane um i've never really dove in deep into the story um of all that went down at waco like in every single like in every single crime drama show that i've seen that's like we don't want another Waco. And it's like, well, what the fuck happened? And it like no, knowingly that it had something to do with like our, with our people, with our FBI, our, our government. Um, absolutely crazy. But I know that that's been a big one circling around on Netflix. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of, little bit um, quickly of some stuff that's been consumed. Um, something other that I actually want to end on and feel like it's very important. Um, a book that I feel like every single woman, every single person, but uh, mainly women should pick up and read if you haven't already gotten the wind. Um, Glennon Doyle just came out with her third book, Untamed. It has been the number one New York Times bestselling book for about seven weeks, not about seven weeks now. It's probably going on its eighth week now, which is absolutely incredibly telling in itself um, of the kind of movement that we're in. And I think that women um, are needing or just everyone that's needing right now. Um, it is the most soul grabbing book and a different kind of self-help book. So this isn't going to be telling you what you need to do. It's going to be she's going to be sharing experiences that really lay out a black and white, just soul gripping lessons that we all need to hear especially right now um I stumbled across it I'm a big huge Chelsea uh, Handler fan so I always watch her content and she's she kind of like stumbled into her spiritual journey around the same time that I did so I like even started to love her and like look look towards her look towards what she put out even more she got really into like talking about books and she was so serious and she was like if you do not have this book you need to read this book you need this in your life as a, it's as as a woman um and say, say no more I literally went order the book and then I started to dive into everything that was Glennon and um funny enough that like I you know my my family and my sister used to play soccer and soccer throughout her entire life and big soccer family. So obviously Abby Wambach was a big household name. And 
um, knowing, you know, finding them and being finding them to be out to be married and then having that be one of her full stories um, of being a woman who was married to a man who had children and then just picked up and knew that it was in her program and knew that it was her to fall in love at first sight, basically with Abby Wambach, just a whole, whole story. Anyways, um, another really big, big, um, heavy, it's, it's, it's great. And it's, it's soul awakening. Um, but it is a must, must, must read absolute must read. So I'm sure that, um, it's, you've probably seen it cross a feed or you've seen maybe a friend or an aunt or someone, uh, talk about it, but it is absolutely something that needs to be in your arsenal and, um, kind of hope to talk about it more. I've, I've already gone, I've read through it once. I'm going to go back and, um, really kind of dive in and highlight and get kind of nitty gritty with it and find pieces and, make pieces that I can turn back to kind of like daily that I do with other books. And, um, so yeah, I just, I don't want to say too much because I'm kind of wrapping up at my time where I want to end this episode. But, um, yeah, if that's it, that's it. That is all for today. That is all for tonight. Um, truly, I hope, I hope anyone who's listening, I hope you're doing okay. And it's a day at a time and it's not easy and days suck and feel tiring and um, feel weird. And, you know, we're clinging to anything. We're clinging to anything to make us feel somewhat back to where we normally felt. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be there for a while, but I do know that we are going to be there and are going to get there. Um, this is not forever. This is a not a forever thing, but it feels forever right now. So we just have to keep that in perspective and almost just keep getting up and keep doing what we need to do, going to bed, waking up and doing the same thing, um, trying to find those small victories, trying to find those those beautiful moments that sometimes even I, you know, lack to see and but they're there. I'm happy that I could come on. I feel I feel called I felt called it was time it was time thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed I hope it gave you a little time to kind of just sit back and enjoy and escape a little bit and we're gonna get through this as my main bitch these days Glennon Doyle says we can do hard things and it's gonna be hard but we can do it and I can't wait for the day that we're sitting on the other side and we're talking about, do you remember that time? And I hope that I can find ways to enjoy the time in between because it is the only life that I ever have. But, um, but I definitely realize that every day is, can possibly, will possibly be a struggle, but it's definitely not a struggle that we can't continue to face. So thank you so much for spending this time with me. This has been another episode of Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone, and I will see you next time.